0: Hello there, it's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever, the only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcast with no name, Conrad, with me as always, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's bobsled time, it's Anthony James. I am in certainly alive, hello, how are you Conrad? I'm very well, thank you, I've got a spring in my step. And a, a song in my heart after a music festival this weekend. How are
1: you? I, I'm doing very well. I've got a spring of my step and a song in my heart about going starting back to work properly today. Yep. So, like yeah. a man in a
0: 50s American infomercial for nuclear power. You're whistling as <laughs> yeah, you go yeah, back yeah. to
1: work. Um, Yeah, as you go into the town where my school is, there's a picture of me with my family like this. (laughs) (laughs) Facing off into the middle distance, uh, (laughs) proud of the little
0: slice of middle America (laughs) you can call home. Um, That sort of segues us quite nicely into the film that we're going to be talking about this week. It's not set in the 50s. It's set in the 80s. Well, bits of it are set in the 80s. It's a period Mm -hmm. piece of a sort. Um, We are, of course, going to sunny Santa Cruz in Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, Box Office Bonanza is back because there was nothing good for um, for Back to the Feature, unfortunately. But Box Office Bonanza will be great. We've got Michael Kane with a cool nickname. I'm going to say nothing more about that until we get to it. And something. Michael Kane? I'm not going to say anything about it. And James <laughs> Corden is stopping traffic and reminding us all that he's a massive twat. I say it's time <laughs> to talk about some gosh darn movies. What do you think? Let's do it. Movies, let's talk about them. This time, specifically, uh, a Cinderella movie coming out later this year that probably no one is going to go and see because it's the millionth Cinderella movie. <laughs> the most notable thing I think this Cinderella movie is going to contribute to uh, wider discourse around movies in general is that a bunch of its cast stopped traffic in LA this week to perform a staged and incredibly cringe worthy. Uh, I almost said lynch mob. Then I meant fl- flash mob. Is a, <laughs> <laughs> a flash mob is the term. Um, and ch- the the antagonist in chief of this of this story is of course James Corden, the man that we all love to hate. Anthony, where does this put him in your most hated man in Britain list? Now uh, he, I, I believe he's probably at the top mm. for pretty much everyone.
1: Well, he's not there anymore. He's not in Britain That's anymore, true. is he? Yeah. Um, we got rid of. But yeah, he's pretty high to be honest with you. Um, I, I personally like I've seen this sort of thing that he's done before. Now, Conrad, you're right. We were talking a little bit before we started. This is his own film that he's yeah. he's doing here, and it is for a segment of his show. Let's like let's not get that mistaken. It is for his show. This is a recurring thing that he does on mm-hmm. his show where he takes celebrities out into the, into the traffic, stops them, and starts singing a load of songs. Um, now, I don't know if this Cinderella is a musical or not, because oh, they were singing be, Let's Get Loud. Let's Get Loud. Yeah, they were yeah, singing a Jennifer Lopez Cinderella. song, which I I don't know whether this is going to be,
0: you know, a quirky reimagining of the Cinderella formula with some modern music in it, or whether that was just a song chosen for the Flash Mob. Uh, it could go either way. But I, I assume it has to be a musical, because James Corden cannot be stopped from singing at this point. It, it, someone... About 15 years ago, made the made the deadly mistake <laughs> of telling James Corden that he had an all right voice. I believe it was like right about what was that thing he did? Carpool karaoke? Was that the thing that he. Yeah. Oh, carpool karaoke he's been doing since 2015
1: on his show. Maybe it was
0: before that. I feel like maybe it was back in his Gavin and Stacey days, which I, is, a, is a show no, I never yeah. watched. But I feel like at some point, someone said to him, You're not a bad singer, James Corden. And to be fair, you know, he's an okay singer. And from that point onwards, in every rider that he ever signed, it was like, James Corden must be
1: allowed to sing at least twice in this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I'm, I'm surprised that, um, that that this is taken to this point. He's done like 20 of these now. Why is it this one that is like, everyone's filming and then it's going viral? Like, he, like, he did one in Paris where they did Les Miserables on the streets of Paris. Mm. They did um, Aladdin, like Will Smith was on, on there with him in Aladdin. Oh. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I, anything I watch with James Corden, I am watching it with a bit of like, this guy is most the most annoying man in the world, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I'm glad I didn't have to be the one in traffic. Although I do, I do, I will say, I think that they do it on the red light and then they do it on the red light and then they try and get off and they, they make a big joke of it. They're like, they scamper away oh, okay. uh, off once once it goes green. Uh, but still, like, you know, that's pretty, it's it's. It's pretty weird to do it for your own yeah, film I think. I, it is. I, and I think I mean,
0: you know, to your point, I think perhaps this is more the straw that broke the camel's back rather than a particularly yeah, egregious yeah. crime. It, it's um the the internet's response to this which spoiler alert was not charitable. They the Twitter did not enjoy James Corden's thrusting um <laughs> particularly dressed as a mouse. It, the the I, it struck me and it struck it seemed to have struck a lot of other people as um an equally misjudged attempt to kind of harness social media as, I don't know if you remember, but Gal Gadot's fronted uh, celebrities oh, singing Imagine at the start of like <laughs> that, where, that it was, was where it was, you know, <laughs> all these pampered millionaires in their mansions with their pri- their personal chefs and pri- uh, personal trainers bringing them food and getting them to exercise through lockdown while the rest of us mm-hmm. t- fought with bloody bottles to survive the, uh, <laughs> the the pandemic and, and you know, that was just it was such a great example of like the, the disconnect between celebrities and regular people and I feel like uh, this has been interpreted as kind of the same thing of that where it's just it, mm-hmm. you can imagine a room full of people in in Hollywood or where, wherever this was conceived agreeing that this sounds like a great idea and not one person in that room has ever had to commute in LA morning traffic <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, yes yes you're exactly right and also I, I don't like the presumption that just because people will pay money to go and see you in a theatre means that they want you to come and bring the show to their to their yeah. life you know that's not the case at all if I if if I was sit- doing something very important in my life, or trans, tra- tra- uh, in- I was in transit or something, and then someone come up and start like trying to do their show at me, I would be very much trying to move on with my yeah. day. I didn't care- <laughs> I wouldn't care who it is. I'm not somebody who's going to be fawning over a celebrity, especially not James Corden. But uh, I don't know. Well, well, the funny thing, the funny thing is for me, Conrad. This is the funniest part of that whole thing. The clip you sent me was because someone was filming it on their phone from inside their car, you can hear in the distance, like the, let's get loud, <laughs> like the actual, like the actual song. But all you can hear in like the foreground of the audio through the car door is the celebrities being like, let's yeah. get loud. And it's not even like, they're not even singing it's it well. Good, yeah, it's not a good representation
0: <laughs> of any of their singing abilities, um, which hopefully is, is the reality check that James Corden needs to stop singing in things. Maybe he'll watch it back and be like, oh, I'm actually not that good at singing. Maybe I should, maybe I should do this less. Um, and I am one hundred percent with you there on people bringing the show to you. I remember once being sent a video of the entire cast. I don't know where it was, it was probably Broadway of uh, The Lion King, uh, traveling on an airplane and bursting out into oh, the open. Yeah. So, and you know, on one hand, I'm, sh- I'm sure it was amazing. It's a great piece of music, and I'm sure they performed it brilliantly. On the other hand. If you're up at four in the morning to fly from, you know, New York back to London, you've gotta you got to corral the, 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 the children, you know, your, your four-year-old Nancy won't stop crying and Douglas, your two-year-old, has an ear infection that just won't quit. The last thing you need is to be bl- <laughs> your fucking eardrums ah. blasted out by that um so you know i'm right there with you as as (laughs) as it pertains to maybe leave the show business in places where people can
1: you know come find it if they want it yeah having said that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna come out and say that i am a i'm a hater of flash mobs overall i think that we're but just and I'm, i'm not i'm not a hater of flash mobs overall i will say that lion king thing like, I like watching it because I'm sitting in my in my house, deciding sure, to watch yeah. it. If I was on the plane, I might feel different. Yeah, when you're trapped in a um, box, to... it's a
0: different, <laughs> it's a different. Yeah, when
1: you're trapped in, a... yeah, exactly. So I understand why they want to create that because, like, I understand why it could be compelling content. I just don't think I'd want to be an extra in the scene. No, no I mean. absolutely not. Um, but yeah, so I mean,
0: that's uh, James Corden reminding us all that he's terrible and that we shouldn't go and see his movies. Now, although it'll be great to finally see him play an animal, let's let's wait. Let's <laughs> see what he can do with it. Uh, I I'm not convinced that he knows what animal he is playing at any given moment. I think they they put him in a costume. They don't let him see a mirror, and they just send him out onto set and say, "You just do you, James." Sometimes he's Buster for Jones. Sometimes he's Peter Rabbit. Sometimes he's whatever he is in this movie. One of the mice who turn in turn into horses. I think that's what happens. A, in foot, a foot foot footman. It, yeah. No, it was the lizards that turn into footmen.
1: Come on. Well, I'm looking at IMDb right now. He's a mouse and a footman. La- they've, they've messed
0: that up already. So that's embarrassing <laughs> for them. <laughs> go, right. So, okay. What we're going to do now. I've had a go at James Corden and I've I've sullied the good name of, of the the British film industry. We're going to go from uh, one of our darkest secrets and, and biggest shames in the form of James Corden to a beloved national treasure, Michael Caine. Um, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Um, Michael Caine. <laughs> had... I uh, did an interview recently in the, the mirror newspaper uh, where he revealed that uh, when he was younger, a younger man, uh, he read a book called teach yourself film acting um, in which it was stated that not blinking in accordance with when your body actually wants you to is good acting and that he spent, and I quote the next eight years of his life, trying not to, br- not to blink. And in doing so earned himself the nickname snake eyes. Now, First off that's a great nickname. I don't care who you are or where you come from. Snake eyes is a great nickname. My first question when anyone ge- when anyone casually drops in conversation that they have a kickass nickname is who actually calls you that, Michael? <laughs> Cuz yeah yeah. I mean, I, you I know, I can, I can walk himself. into, you know, a bar and be like, "Oh, my name's Thundergun." Doesn't make it my actual nickname.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, I I completely get you. Um what, what I will say is though Ever since, thanks for this Conrad, because ever since you, t- you said you said you said that, I've just been noticing my blinks. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> now I need to practice not blinking. So what do you say? Like in films, in the first like eight years of his career or something if he blinks he's like knowingly. yeah blinking. like he, he was actively re- i mean I, it, it, he doesn't actually say when
0: he started doing this and when he stopped so mm. i mean it's up to it's up to the keen-eyed among us to to you know go and watch and see at what point like was it in zulu that he was trying not to blink was it in the man who would be king is it later <laughs> is it is it is it uh the italian job but um at some point oh in his God. career for about eight years he was actively trying not to blink at all,
1: although well, no, but but no no yeah. For the eight years he was learning how to do it, and then from then on he just always didn't. I th- no, I think bl- the implication was after that eight-year
0: period was over, he was like, "This is actually a lot of work, and my eyes hurt, so I'm going to go back to being normal." Mm
1: maybe i think what probably will happen is he walked into the set of the italian job and they went what's your name snake eyes and yeah. then they were like Oh no was a terrible michael yeah. kane i went for <laughs> yeah. that before My name i was is really snake eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then was like you're an idiot you're a loser he's like all right i'll do it do it, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just sulked off to
0: to go and yeah. make other make jaws the revenge <laughs> Um, I think that that wasn't the same year as the Italian job. I've got my Michael Caine chronology all mixed up, but regardless, Michael Caine he ha- he claims to have the nickname Snake Eyes, and I for one, I'm I'm not going to disagree with him because he's a national
1: treasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay, I'll take that.
0: Well, I think that's gonna that's about as natural a segue as we're gonna get from Snake Eyes, which is a movie starring Nicolas Cage that didn't come out in the year that we're about to talk about in uh, in, in in the game oh. show segment, to a bunch of films that did come out in that year. The year we're—this to- oh, is tenuous as fuck. I'm like I'm, I'm f- f- spiraling into this. The year we're talking about is 1999. It's one of the greatest years in movie history, and Anthony is going to be put to the test in this year. It is, of course, the welcome return of Conrad's box office bonanza.
1: Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys.
0: Go. That's that's. There's been an intro there, or there hasn't. We'll find out when. Uh,
1: oh, but the intro for this is. I've had some. I've had some real life, uh compliments on the intro for this. Uh, oh well, there you going. go. I <laughs> I
0: loved it. I loved. I loved. I Love a little yeah. bit of hip hop, and I liked. I like the, the the kind of the edge that it gives me as the host of, uh, of of this show. It gives me a bit of credibility. What before we go, go on Conrad,
1: Is this going to be a party like it's 1999 feel, or is it going to be a C2K is looming type 1999 feel? Um, <laughs>
0: A little bit of both. A little bit of okay. both. Like, there's a party... There's some party films in here. But there's also some... Some more... For, I'll say foreboding pictures in here as well. Okay. So we've got, a, we've got a good representation of how the world was was feeling in 1999. For those of you who haven't seen this before, this is uh, another of, of my inventive and entirely unique game show segments. Um, <laughs> in this one, Anthony will hear 10 movies from a given year and need to guess in the style of The Price is Right, whether they grossed higher or lower than the, sub, uh, the subsequent movie or the previous movie, rather. Um, the answers are all in dollars and we will subtract a point for each incorrect answer so he can score out of 10 uh, and it's all domestic uh, it's all uh international gross uh, as well and uh, for the first answer just to remind you anthony you have to get within and i reserve the rights changes as we go on get within 5 million and you get the point for the first one okay so cool. as i say 99 the year is 1999 chris jericho has <laughs> debuted in the wwe wrestling is on <laughs> top of the world wbf WWF at the time, you're absolutely right (laughs) that isn't really represented in in any of the films that we're going to talk about here but I felt like if we're going to talk about 1999 I've got to get a little wrestling shout in there it's one of the greatest years in movie history and we will soon see why Anthony, are you ready for Conrad's box office bonanza? let's party okay (laughs) so your first movie, you have to tell me how much you think this grossed internationally in dollars is doos. In dollary dues. it is the matrix
1: oh this is a hard one i i oh, this is so funny last last time we did this okay anyone who didn't hear, hear uh, the episode last time when we did this like i was sometimes correct in thinking something did underperform but other times i was way off it was the tootsie, so the tootsie <laughs> effect I, and this is total gross isn't it not just for opening yeah, weekend yeah this is uh, this is total
0: gross um uh, i guess it, you could call it lifetime but most i don't think any of the, the ones on here have had like big re-releases so it's relatively yeah. reflective of the time
1: i don't believe that the matrix was one that gained steam with a dvd release i think because you would need to have a fairly high uh re- uh sort of number here because it did get two sequels pretty quickly after. Like, it wasn't it wasn't straight after, but pretty quickly it in, after. It was in the so two years, I think. I believe the last Matrix movie mm. was out by two thousand and three, so four years, I guess. Yes, I think two thousand and three might actually be right. So, I think this probably did do well. I'm not going to get within five million, but I'm going to go for two hundred and sixty million. Um,
0: you're almost there. Uh, four hundred and sixty-five, three ah. mil- uh, 200. No. Four hundred and sixty five million three hundred and seventy seven thousand two hundred. That's how numbers work. Alright. The first dart is always Yeah, it's off. always it's, it's always the get, calibration. Calibrate that dot. Yeah, I'm just calibrated it. Yeah. Okay. Your second movie. One of my favourite movies from this director, it's it's uh Sandy Kubrick's final movie before passing away. It is Eyes Wide Shut. Did that make more or less money at the box office internationally than The Matrix? I think this one's a pretty easy one. It is less money. You are correct. It was less. It's actually a surprising amount of money this made. It made $104,264,617. Do. So quite a lot of money, all things considered. Uh, but mm-hmm. you are absolutely right. Didn't
1: scratch the uh, it, the it, Matrix. Is that the one with... No, maybe I'm wrong. Which one's the one? Is that the one with Johnny Johnny Depp? Uh, and look, no, no, it's no. Nicole Nicole you know the one and where he's Tom like, Cruise as like a... Oh yeah, a couple yeah. having it's like a weird kind of erotic
0: thriller. Um, but I very much enjo- what's
1: the, enjoyed it. What's the one where Johnny Depp looks through a window,
0: secret window? I don't know. What it's uh, called. Don't know. The, what's eating Gilbert Grape?
1: No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's where his mom, that's where his mom can't fit out through a window. But I, I can't remember um which one. There's one where he's like he's like a stalker or something. And he looks through windows. God. Anyway,
0: let us know in the comments. I guys. do not know what. Yeah, I'll be interested to know what movie that is because I've got no idea. Um, okay third movie on this list had a budget of 300,000 did The Blair Witch Project make more
1: or less than Eyes Wide Shut? Now that is a curveball. Now the question is did it gain popularity after release on DVD or did it actually slowly grow in the cinema? That's that's a question for Mm. me. We all know that it did become like a huge deal. Yes. It was a it was a cult some, hit. Well, no, it wasn't even a cult hit.
0: It was a it was a, a sensation.
1: Yeah, it was. But I just don't know if that sensation was when it became out on DVD rental release or in the cinema. This is my first punt. Um I'm gonna think uh, I'm gonna go lower. I think I'm wrong, but I'm gonna go
0: lower. Okay. You're going lower unfortunately you are incorrect uh it actually made over double made two hundred forty-eight million three hundred thousand. so it made its budget back and then an extra 248 million on top of it it was a absolute runaway yeah. success the, the Blair Witch it was Project.
1: one of those ones which could have gone either way but you know when it's, but it's also one of those ones when you hear the answer you're like how could i be such yeah. a fool no Blair Witch Project
0: <laughs> amazing film and did very well now this next one this I'm I'm going to tell you this right now. This is a bit of a gimme. If, if you don't tap this one in, there's going to be trouble. It is, of course. We I don't like this movie. You do. It's a source of great consternation. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Did that make more or
1: less than The Blair Witch Project? Uh, it's got to it's be more. Um, the amount of uh, neckbeards online that didn't like it. Um, <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Um, the amount... Like the, the, the amount of netbe- neckbeards alone that I have personally argued with online is enough to bring it over the 248 million. It's gone. I mean, it, listen, this <laughs> neckbeard hated it, still saw it twice in the cinema.
0: So you know what do I know? Uh, you are of course correct. Uh, episode one, the Phantom Menace, made a cool one billion twenty-seven million forty-four thousand six hundred seventy-seven dollars. Even when Star Wars is shit, it makes a billion dollars. That it, it's a juggernaut that series it really is all right i'm gonna lock in lower for the next one just to see that. (laughs) well wait till you hear it wait till you hear it the next one is the uh, hold on let me check this before i say it yes no it's not the only foreign language movie on this list it is run lola run a brilliant german time repetition Mm -hmm. movie
1: you're gonna lock in lower for this one i am i am gonna lock in lower, but before run lola run am i right in thinking that this is the same woman who plays Lelou da- Dallas Multipass no she in... has red hair and looks very much like
0: uh, okay. um, I'm just thinking of the, the poster yeah there, it? it looks very much like Lelou Dallas Multipass, Who's I've completely forgotten her name now Mia Yovich. Jov- yeah, uh, yeah Paul W.S. Anderson's uh, wife yes uh, Run Lola Run is a fantastic movie it's, it's basically about a, a, a woman whose boyfriend I think he like screws up and gets into debt with some drug dealers and she has like a day that she keeps living over and over again to save his life oh. it's a great movie it didn't make a billion dollars at the box office. Let's be real; it made twenty-two million eight hundred seventy-nine thousand one hundred ninety-four dollars, which was still a massive success by uh, the by its yeah. budget. But it ain't go- it, it ain't going up against Star Wars, okay? No. This next one, I don't think you've seen this, and you are worse off for that. Uh, I think a lot of people haven't seen okay. it. This was the. Penultimate John McTiernan movie, the guy directed Predator and and and, uh, and Die Hard before he went to jail for perjury. Um, it was attempt. To, it was kind of supposed to be like a Lord of the Rings style thing. It is the Thirteenth Warrior. Did that make more or less than Run Lola Run? Is, it th- is this a Spanish film? Uh, no, it is starring Antonio Banderas as an Arab. Yeah, I've seen this.
1: <laughs> like... I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I've seen this. That's why I thought yeah. it was a Spanish film. Also, I think it might because... be the
0: last role for Omar Sharif. Like he, he's he's like the only. I mean, you know, Egypt isn't really the Middle East either. But like, he's the only remotely Middle Eastern guy they got in this movie.
1: Yeah, like the reason why. I, are you sure it's not Spanish made? I think. It, I think it might be. Sp- I don't think so. I think it might be. Okay, I don't know why, but like the the DVD, I had this on DVD, and the DVD version I have has like I don't know what the number for thirteen is in Spanish, but it was Guerrero, which is warrior. Okay, um, I and mean, it could be they, it could be they uh, produced it in Spain. It's, I mean, it's about like a bunch of Vikings
0: who take a take a, I can't remember, he's like yeah. an Abbasid or something, take him with them on a quest to
1: mess up some bad guys. Yeah, and there there is a moment where someone dresses with an animal on them mo- in yes, some way. Sure. I, I I, I vaguely remember that. I saw, I saw this when I was probably too young to see it, to be yeah. honest with you. And I had it on DVD. Um, but yeah, so I have seen it. Uh, the question is, this little Australian boy, when he was like nine years old, had it on DVD. So I, or I think DVDs didn't come out till I was nine, so 10 years old. Um, I don't actually know if this that means it grossed more or not. <laughs> uh, 22 million is not much. Um ah this is a risky one i'm gonna play it safe even though it's probably wrong i'm gonna go higher should i go higher should i go higher give me your energy guys give me your energy uh 22 million By the time they
0: give it to you the your chance your ship has sailed frankly i know but i can
1: still i can i can still blame it on them for yeah getting that's wrong fantastic. uh i, th- I okay taylor connor this is what i'm this is what i'm i'm metagaming in my mind because i'm thinking it's the 22 million is really low mm. If you were gonna mess me up, it would be to put a film even lower than the 22 million next to the 22 Mm. million. So, because of that, I think you're a nice guy, Conrad. So, I'm gonna go with higher. Gonna go with higher. Oh,
0: God. It's a good instinct because it was higher. This movie, (sighs) uh, The 13th Warrior, made 61,698,899 at the box office. Still a loss because it had a budget of 85 million. Uh, so they spent a lot of money on that movie, and it did not make it back. Yeah. And it's a shame because it is a good movie.
1: Eighty-five million. Yeah, geez. a lot of money on that. Now, and I have seen it. So you saying that I'm l- less a for it? I take it.
0: that back. I'm surprised. It didn't didn't strike me as your kind of movie. But um, but I was nine years
1: old. I didn't know what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I was> you're watching episode <laughs> <laughs> one. You didn't know what was good. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, hold on, to that to this day. Liam Neeson come on you couldn't put a past me he's great he is
0: good I will I'll give you the, that, a, that that last fight is 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 very good I enjoyed that and Duel and of the Fates I mean Tottenham oh. come out to Duel of the Fates now so like you can't, can't <laughs> do they <laughs> I actually I, I remember that actually because we went to see them uh,
1: yeah I remember yeah. that actually that's yeah,
0: funny. It's great <laughs> I've got a I've got a soft spot for for the uh, prequel trilogy even though it's rubbish um, okay next one this is a this is a biggie this is an interesting film I think I, I, I'll be interested to hear kind of your <clears throat> your take on this movie because this is one of those movies that was absolutely massive at the time and i think time has been not kind or history hasn't remembered it very well um it is okay. david fincher's big breakout from mu- music videos his adaptation of the chuck palinwick novel fight club did that make more yep. or less than sixty-one million six hundred ninety-eight thousand eight hundred ninety-nine
1: dollars? dues i I, th- I think it made less um i think fight club is definitely one which is a cult uh following whether that but actually it did launch his career in feature feature films basically though but i i do some part i'm I'm probably wrong again but my some part of me knows that that it it eventually gained like worldwide prominence as a cult thing having said that 60 million isn't that much to get above uh but i still i think i'm gonna stick to my guns and say less though okay just just
0: because i want to okay no it's a it's a i like your reasoning there it's solid reasoning um Unfortunately, you are incorrect. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it was good reasoning, even if it led you to the incorrect answer. Fight Club made 100820947 947- Dollary dues at the box office. So actually, it wasn't that. Mm, so it, it actually was only forty billion more. Yeah, it was. It was you know in in a similar ballpark to the Thirteenth Warrior.
1: It was in the era, yeah. wasn't it? Like it's about yeah, the same. Yeah,
0: but but it was Fight Club did very well <laughs> in the cinema. You know, everyone everyone wanted that Brad Pitt bod. Everyone wanted that Tyler Durden body in the. Uh,
1: That's true. Actually, I forgot he was there. Yeah, in it. That, I forgot well, he actually he would have had some
0: pull. Yes, definitely. In nineteen ninety nine, Brad Pitt was. About as big a movie star as you could get, I think it was probably him and Johnny Depp at that at that time. I mean, those abs in Thelma Louise, the th- come on, come on, hachi machi. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> number eight, a personal favorite of mine. I first took my, my I first saw this when I took my young sister to see it in the cinema. Hated it, and then watched it again a few years later, and was like, I was an idiot when I first saw this. It is The Iron Giant. Did The Iron Giant make more oh. or less than one hundred million eight hundred twenty thousand nine hundred forty seven
1: dollars? Good question. Good question. Something I've been pondering for years. I think I think that was Brad Bird made was, that. I don't yeah. I don't think it I don't think it did as well as it should have and this was but i do think didn't this lead to brad bird getting the incredibles yeah brad Bird well? would go on to make
0: ratatouille both incredibles movies and mission impossible ghost protocol which I always find a really weird movie in, in his uh
1: in his oeuvre <laughs> oh yeah that's right and he's he, i think he's also uh the voice of like that little woman edna in uh the Incredibles. yeah well. i
0: think you might be right
1: yeah him or another fellow i don't know who it was but it was, it was definitely this guy um all right, so the question is, Iron Giant, less than $100 I, Kids movies, man, you never know. Mm-hmm. Like, You went to bed with your younger sister. That shows you it did have reach. It did have yep. reach. I'm going to go less. It's about time we had a less on this <laughs>
0: list. It's a good instinct. Uh, the Iron Giant made a criminally low $31,333,917 at the box office. Very few people went to see that movie, which is a crying shame considering it's one of the best animated movies America has ever made. It's uh
1: And you can sleep happy at night, Conrad, knowing that those seventeen dollars are probably you yep. and your sister's tickets.
0: You keep that you take that to the bank, Brad, Bradley. That's that's me sticking that in your top pocket and saying <laughs> Get
1: yourself an ice cream on me. Um, I used to have that on DVD, but all I can remember about I remember the film obviously very well, but the DVD itself had one of those stupid as hell little plastic flips. You know, oh. the little the DVDs with like the cardboard front, and it clicked over with a bit of plastic. Yeah. I hated those. Immediately, things. either tore the tore the cardboard or, or broke. It was just
0: an awful yeah, yeah. awful design. Okay, <laughs> now we're getting into the business end of this. You're doing you're doing pretty well so far. We've got two left. This next one. Right. When I say the expression "Shyamalan twist" to you, <laughs> oh. your mind is of, of course going to leap to the fact that the guy in this movie with the toupee—that's Bruce Willis. Um, we are, <laughs> we are of course talking. That's not my joke. That's a Charlie Kelly uh, Kelly joke. Yeah. Um, we are of course talking about the Sixth Sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think the Sixth Sense made more than thirty-one million three hundred thirty-three thousand nine hundred seventeen dollars? This is the original. Yeah. This is this is the Sh- He'd punched up the script of She's All That, and he'd done a couple of mm-hmm. other rewrites that he didn't really get credit for. But this was the Shyamalan birth. This this movie. Yeah.
1: Unbreakable was that after yeah, this? That was after this. That was yeah. his next movie, I think. Actually. So. He... I don't think I actually don't really think that Unbreakable had a Shyamalan twist in it. Actually, though. It, it didn't. Had, really. It had it was sort of a
0: twist-ish. I mean, a very very sort of standard. Mm. Oh no, this guy actually is a, is a bad guy kind of twist.
1: Yeah, 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 but yeah, exactly, yeah, not, not really a shame. Shyamalan twist. No. Um, okay, I think that the sixth sense clearly has a lot of reach. Yeah. It was definitely over thirty. Let's be honest. And the thing is as well, like I was gonna make a joke there and say it's got to be zero because the amount of people who don't know the twist. Um, <laughs> That would be
0: great if no one actually saw this movie and it's just, just
1: <laughs> one person knew yeah. and then they'll perpetuated in, the in the world was spoiled. Aspect. Yeah. Um yeah, so I'm gonna go for higher for this one because thirty million is very yep. low. Um that is a good
0: instinct. Uh, the Sixth Sense, of course, made more money than the Iron Giant. The Sixth Sense making a a lovely six hundred and seventy two million eight hundred and six thousand two hundred and ninety-two dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, making it, I believe, the second highest-grossing movie of the year. It was a absolute runaway success. Um, I have kind of given mm-hmm. away this last one, but you know, it, it was going to be obvious anyway. So we'll, we'll rapidly, we'll rapidly go to this. Um, I, I think you've seen this. This is this is um, Hayao Miyazaki's kind of biggest international success with Studio Ghibli um, until Howl's Moving Castle. Five years later, it is Princess Mononoke. Do you think Princess Mononoke made more or less? Than the sixth sense.
1: Well, I know yeah, the answer. You know the answer. Um, let's be honest. But um, in my brother's heart, it's more because he he's got Princess Mononoke tattoos on his arm. Um, so it is lower, unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, I thought you were going to say Totoro. Hey, let's go! But I, oh, did, no, I didn't uh, actually. Uh, my
0: name is Totoro. Would have that wouldn't have even been a conversation as to which made more money. <laughs> as much <laughs> as I love my name, it's Totoro. <laughs>
1: Yeah, my my, my son loves that Mm. film. Uh, And uh, yeah, he just just always sings, hey, let's go. And then starts marching around the house. Um, uh, Okay, so we're going to go for lower here. And I will say before you reveal my score, I got six last time I did this, I think. So that's what I'm trying to beat.
0: So you are right. It did make less. It made 150,345,863. Still a very respectable budget for an international anime Mm -hmm. from. A guy who really hadn't made much of an impact on international markets prior to this. I mean, there'd been there'd been Hayao Miyazaki movies that had had some limited releases in America and and Europe, but this, you know, kind of smashed it. Um, uh, so yeah, it it did very well. Um, so that will actually make your score. Hold on, let me just tally it up. We have to put a drum roll sound effect in here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. So this makes your score a very respectable 8 out of 10. Oh, I'm not beating that. that is, that's a great that's step up. I that... mean, let's be honest. To get the full 10, I really should have thought ha- ha- like a- of a different way to structure this. Because, unfortunately, the the real tense one is... Or the difficult to get one is the first one to kind of get within, <laughs> get, get within 5 of that. And that's out of the way early on. So there's no tension around it. But um, 9 is... About as much as I could ever reasonably expect you to achieve, and you smash that out of the park. You got eight on this one. How's that feel? Yeah. That feels very good actually. Which one did I fail on again? It was uh, the... you got Blood Project. Project wrong mm-hmm. and you got Fight Club wrong. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, so um...
1: Yeah. Oh wait, no, you got that's Fight Club right.
0: You got the Matrix wrong. I can't uh, I can't the... Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. There
1: we go. Oh, the Matrix, that's right. Um, yeah. Well no, no, that's that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so onwards and upwards. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think we'll probably. I actually
0: don't know what it's going to be next week. I need to look at what's back on back to the feature. Potentially, there might be some good ones mm-hmm. coming up. Um, I've got some honourable mentions for you, just to just to mm-hmm. take us back to the heady days of 1999, when when a young Conrad was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed um, in in secondary school. That year, we also got, and there are some crackers in here. Toy Story 2 that made 511 oh, million dollars. Yeah. Green Mile made 290 million. American Pie, two hundred and thirty four million. Sleepy Hollow, which is one of my favourite Tim Burton movies, made two hundred and seven million. And yeah. Lockstock and two smoking barrels. Whoa. 28 million. Lovely, lovely movie, like to, to end that on. Didn't make as much as I thought. Lockstock it did. is a yeah.
1: Well, what about the. Also, you missed The Mummy. The Mummy was in there. There's, there's uh,
0: so many. 10 Things I Hate about, about You, Be Cruel Intentions, Intentions for all. is in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> 1999 was a
1: good year for movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just. Oh, my God. I, I, maybe it's because, like, without you know, we were coming, coming of age. We, did, yeah. we we, loved all the films, you know. Whereas these days, like, I try and get the cinema as much as possible, but I don't. I just look back at some uh, years whenever I was growing up, and I know I know like every film yeah. that came yeah, out. Yeah. Whereas there's definitely a stretch. Whereas there. I need to really make an effort. You know? Yeah, well, th- I think there's definitely it's, it's like
0: um, when anyone asks you like your favorite Mario Kart game, it's always the one that you played when you were like twelve, like the first one you played. Um, Mario Kart 64. Yeah, like Mario 64. Uh, Mario Kart 64 is obviously the best one. But if you tell that to someone who's maybe a little bit older than us and played the one on the on on the SNES, they'll they'll call you insane. Um, and it's similar with this. Like, there's always those years where, like, if you were growing up around that time, you just saw every movie that was on that list. And um, yeah, yeah. yeah, that we, we haven't got that in us anymore. We've got to accept that that the time h- holds for no man. And in that vein, I think that's about as good a segue as we're going to get to our main feature, <laughs> which is, as mentioned previously, Jordan Peele's Us, a sort of period piece. I think it's fair to say. Well, is it us
1: or is it US? We'll talk about Ooh. that.
0: So, first things first, let's do a credibility check. We always have to do it to make sure that we, we let mm-hmm. everyone know that we're that we're, we're professionals. You've you've seen Get Out, but this is the first time that you've watched us. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I've seen Get Out uh, previously, um, and I, it's the first time I've seen us. Okay, yes. yes. My wife has seen us uh, a year or two ago when it first came out. She saw it in the cinema. And for the last two years, she's been she's been poisoning my mind that this would be a terrible film. Oh, so she didn't enjoy it. She didn't. She she thought you know how Jordan Peele likes to go for big big statements mm. about things. She she thought it was a swing and a miss. Okay, interesting. So we'll, we'll we'll get into that. So for for those of you who don't know
0: or need need reminding, this is kind of it's kind of hard to classify as a genre. Really, I think broadly it's a horror. Although I I, I think it's less horror than than Get Out in in a lot of ways i would say it's sort of half home invasion horror half kind of apocalyptic road movie uh <laughs> and a little bit of dark comedy yeah for yeah there's too. definitely some comedy in there mm-hmm. as well um and i think that the, the first thing that i've really wanted to, to to kind of draw attention to about this is that although i w- without giving too much away i i think i broadly agree with your wife not that I didn't like this movie, but uh, it's not as good as Get Out. I- I'm going to say that right now. I mm. think Get Out is a better movie um, for a number of reasons which we'll get into in a moment. But this is a movie that did really well financially and critically in 2019, which isn't a superhero movie or a Star Wars movie based on an original yeah. idea and driven largely by that idea as well as some kind of really impressive technical elements and performances. And I think mm-hmm. e- in and of itself, that is worth celebrating in this movie. It, like just, just that we can still... I know it's kind of you, you should judge movies on their merits, but I think when you, when movies like this are as rare as they are in the modern day, it's worth mm-hmm. celebrating when a movie like this comes along.
1: Yeah, though no, I agree with you, and it is hard to, when you've seen the whole thing, and you know it's hard to look past the big statements it's trying to make. And did they do it successfully or not? Having said, and also, did I understand what they were mm. trying to do? But um, but I will say like the actual genre elements they were they were going for I did enjoy it I, I also I liked how it really wore its references on its yeah. sleeve like the the funny people references I thought especially were really really great like there's sort of it was a lot of um, a lot of funny people in this um, okay let me just say this I don't like horror films well I do like horror films. this is a weird thing mm-hmm. in my mind I don't like watching horror films but I like the idea of horror films okay and maybe that's maybe that's how everyone feels about them. Because everyone like genuinely wants to be terrified, yeah. but when I watch a horror film, I I'm, I actually am afraid of being scared, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I like you know which is a good thing I think because it works. And this film wasn't really giving that to me, and then those damn dastardly th- tethered. <laughs> stand at the end of the driveway and just freak the hell out Mm. of me my wife was uh Ema was in the other room on the computer and i was watching this and my son was like playing with the toy he's only he's not even one year old yet um he's playing with the toy like you know i'm looking at trying to distract him uh so he doesn't see any horror horrifying elements on the screen and and but I, uh, my wife comes in and goes, "Well, you're scared, are you?" I was like, "How do you know?" Because she goes, "Well, you were you were talking, you were talking to him." Because <laughs> I was talk, I was talking to my one-year-old son, going, "Are you right there, boy? Are you do? Are you okay? Are you okay?" And Ema said, "I knew you were shit scared yeah. <laughs> because you couldn't even watch the TV." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so that's
0: an interesting point. I mean, I, I love horror movies, but I, I'm similar as well, to be honest. Like, I'm a big baby when I watch horror movies. I'll cover my eyes, I'll, like, bring blankets up. Like, I've got no shame when it comes to being scared. But yeah. I enjoy, I kind of enjoy being scared. Um, uh, Okay, so it's interesting. I, I We won't get into spoilers just yet. But so you would say, you would say that you found this film scary, then? Or for, like, for, for the whole what? way through, or?
1: I think, actually, I'm going to be honest with you only that's that slight moment where obviously not getting into th- the spoilers but whenever the bad guys appear mm-hmm. and there's a lot of mystery for the first 2 minutes about what's going on although i liked the funny people reference of like just like sort of being there and the awkwardness of these bad guys being yeah. there um i and like sort of it was all on your face all of that a lot of the intrigue was gone for me and from that point on it sort of went away from being a horror and into a thriller for mm. me. The original uh sort of horrific element uh and scary element of like not knowing what they were doing at the end of the driveway went away very quickly, mm. but it was effective when they did yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think the initial, for me, the initial home
0: invasion section is creepy and, and, uh, and definitely does creep me out. And as you say, that scene of them standing at the end of the driveway um where it's just unclear what they're doing. And, you know, as, as anyone will tell you, a bunch of people dressed... In the the same clothes, standing menacingly at the end of a driveway doing absolutely nothing cloaked in shadow is always going to be creepy, um, as it is Mm -hmm. in this movie. But as you say, it kind of abandons being a horror movie. And I have some things to say about whether I think it's even trying to be horror um later but we won't get to that just yet it's interesting that you mentioned the funny people references in this i I don't know if you're aware of this or not but but jordan peele uh, this is kind of apocryphal i don't know how true this is but you can certainly see it in the movie um Mm -hmm. uh, supposedly gave everyone a list of movies they had to watch before they started production on this and funny people was one of them i think jaws was another one um Mm Oh, okay. Uh, Let the right one in was one as well. So it's it's interesting that you picked up on that because uh, there's
1: absolutely there is a lot of funny people in this. Um, it's because funny people like the way the family just is like just like sort of so in the face of the other family yeah. and this and they're sort of it's it's like so in your face and like they're so sort of not hiding behind corners. That's what I felt about it. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so I mean,
0: let's talk about. Let's talk about the, act, the the kind of performances for a second before we get into spoilers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there, I'm going to pose you a question here, Winston Duke plays uh, M'Baku in Black <laughs> Panther, plays the dad in this, is surely up there in the rankings of dudes who can go from looking like the most lovely guy in the world to an absolute monster with the addition of a scowl and a beard. Like, where does he rank for you? Because for me, he's right up there.
1: Yeah, he actually. Um, now, this was actually in the trailers. The idea that there are doppelgangers. In this oh yeah, film, they, did, so they didn't like conceal so, that at all. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. So like his his doppelganger, I honestly was like, I knew it was him, you know. But it, but he looked actually so different. I was like, the rest of them just just looked literally obviously the same actor. Yeah. With this one, I was like, hang on, is is there actually a slight yeah. difference to this guy? Like, did they did they put some sort of prosthetic on him because he does look completely different with that gnarled beard. Yeah, you know? it, like he, he
0: he looks. it, it it's just. He has such an expressive face, and 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 like when you look at you know I, I've actually forgotten his 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 untethered uh, Gabe. Gabe. That's Gabe. it. Yeah.
1: Oh, the um, oh no, the, the untethered the was, is Abraham, untethered.
0: and the um yeah, yeah. The, the, like Gabe is is his normal, I guess, character's name. And he's just like this lovely guy, you know, plays football, sings, sings, a, a, a like, got five on it. And it's just like, oh, he seems like a lovely guy. And then you see Abraham, it's like, how are you doing this Winston-Ju? Chu? is unreal that you're playing both of these characters. Um, I think mm. the only one who really runs uh, him close in terms of really capturing something uh, different um in in, in their tether version is uh, is the young girl Shahadi wright right joseph um who i think has mm. quite a lot of makeup on in her tether version because her her skin is a little kind of like chalky and her hair is really really pulled yeah, back. Yeah, she has like black around the yeah, eyes, it's it's like black sort of around chalky the black, yeah. Um funnily enough actually as well, uh, she was in a TV series on Amazon Prime 2 years after this called Them. So she was in both Us and Them <laughs> <laughs> within <laughs> within 2 years, which I found quite funny. Um that is funny. We gotta talk.
1: I, I will get to Lupita Nyong'o in a second because obviously she's. Oh, so- sorry, Conrad. You, I was gonna. Sorry, I wanted to jump in, but didn't get a chance. Gabe, the character mm. of Gabe. You said he was a lo- he was a lovely fellow. Winston Duke did a great job. Now he was lovely, but I just want to say, actually, came across a little bit that he was maybe even unconsciously a bit manipulative. in Yeah, the relationship. I, I definitely think that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he was sort of like you know making her do things she didn't want to do by sort of putting on the puppy dog eyes and stuff and like you know that sort of subtle manipulation so there and there actually is a moment in the film where she stands up to him as well which confirmed to me that they were going for that so he is a lovable dad and stuff and he loves his boats but there is like a little yeah there's a little bit of a gray area in the character there which i thought yeah i think i mean he's kind of presented
0: as kind of lovely and harmless but i think you're absolutely right i think he's also presented as kind of like a bit useless um and Mm. kind of just Wants to get his way and is a bit of a burden, to be honest. On on yeah. on on, I'm Ab- um, not Abigail Adelaide, um, yeah. So I mean, well, let, let's talk about her now. Like the so, piece Nyong'o, I, I believe she was uh, she was nominated for an Academy Award for her performance in this, and I think the movie really does rest on her performance in a lot of ways. I mean, it it, it is about the rest of the family, and I, w- I will mention uh, Evan Alex is is it, pretty good as her son. I think he's not. He's not asked to do that much, I don't think. Uh, but she is really the star of the show, I think it's fair to say. And um, it's the, the way that she is able to kind of play red particularly i think adelaide is a character who gets more interesting as the movie goes on because of things that are revealed mm-hmm. about the character and and sort of behavior traits that come out in the character red is yeah. kind of like a gut shot of a character where the moment you meet that character they are completely captivating and there's so much kind of physicality to uh, to nyong'o's performance as, as it pertains to red and and it's just immediately captivating and i like i, 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 I I feel like she probably did deserve to win some kind. Of, I know awards aren't everything, but she really did deserve to win something for this performance because I was still just
1: stunned by her performance in this. Well, she won a few a few things. It says here. But I I don't think she was even nominated. Oh, she's not a, nominated a, for uh, okay. Oh, okay. Academy Award though. She won one for Twelve Years a Slave. But yeah, no, I thought I thought I I agree with you. I think it spoke of a performance which you. It just spoke of a performance where I'm just like you know. She was loving it. Yeah, you know, she 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 felt like I finally have a character where I can really put my all into this, and it was like a real acting actor's performance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like really, like the voice was like I don't know. It was almost like alien yeah. in a way. Like um, and it could have been you know, hammy, and it was. I think
0: that's that's a crucial thing as yeah, well. Like if yeah. it mm-hmm. if it wasn't, it, it really rides that line between hammy and and scary. And I think it. I think she stays the right side of that line at all times.
1: Yeah, like, I don't think, like, I think if you were to, like, performances such as this have, they have the risk of being described as, as, like, a, 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 what do you call it? Like, you're chewing the scenery, you know, like, you know, like, uh, Mike Myers in Inglorious Bastards where he's like, (laughs) hello, yes, hello, (laughs) you know, whereas, whereas I don't think, like, this, this wasn't at that line. I think this was actually... I think it was not believable, but but it was a performance which wasn't over the top and hammy, as you say. Mm-hmm. It actually was like sort of measured and thought out. And I, I could tell that she was putting thought into yeah. things. And as things get revealed as well, it actually makes sense as well why she sounds like yeah. that and, and, you know, how, how it happens. But yeah, really cool. I love like the guttural, like sort of, raspiness yeah. of her yeah, voice absolutely. yeah i thought i thought she did a really good job and
0: I, I think i wanted to to get your opinion on on this aspect of it as well there, there are a lot of scenes or in fact most of the conflict scenes in the early part of the movie are people fighting their doubles um mm. and it's really interesting reading about the kind of te- technical aspects of achieving that um that they didn't use the kind of split screen method that you see in stuff like the parent trap like a uh, about 20 years before this but rather they have the actors playing alongside their stunt doubles and then they like, get the act- they kind of graft the actors faces onto them um, oh, okay. afterwards and it's it's so fascinating seeing the performances particularly in Lup- Lupita Nyong'o but i mean also Winston Duke to a certain extent playing opposite someone who isn't them and isn't giving the performance back to them that they themselves will give and still being able to find that connection I don't know whether maybe it was in the edit as much as it was in the performance but I definitely found myself this is the second time I've seen this and I still definitely found myself just forgetting that they're the same person and being like oh this just feels like two different actors who happen to, mm-hmm. to look like each other um acting opposite one another rather than there being any kind of technical trickery did, did that did that like feel that way to you or, or did you remain kind of conscious that they that they were played by the same
1: person no i think i understand what you mean and i, I yeah i like especially with Lapita and neongo like they felt like very different mm-hmm. people um uh gabe looked looked very different and i think i think i do know what you mean i they did feel like different characters to me um which obviously is again very relevant to things that are revealed but um I think actually I actually got you know like the twins mm. obviously that was like a shining reference was it like anytime I see twins in a horror film I'm like shining yeah I mean, it's, not, it's, it's always a good shout to be honest like if there's yeah, creepy twins yeah, yeah. in a movie it's probably a
0: shining reference
1: yeah so like it's funny actually now that you mention it the twins were more alike uh, even though they were literally different people yeah. than some of the <laughs> doppelgangers were
0: well we've got a, 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 a now that you've mentioned the twins I have to just briefly mention Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker's Absolute nightmare of a relationship in this. Like never, they get so few lines together, and yet you so viscerally feel their hatred for one another in this movie. Like when 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 um, I, uh... this isn't spoil. We won't get into spoilers just yet. But the moment where Elizabeth Moss asks Tim Hyde says so she thinks she heard something outside, and asks Tim Hydeker to go and check it out, and he's just like sitting in a chair drinking whiskey, being like, "I'm in my comfy spot. I don't want <laughs> it." Like, it's just, like, <laughs> it's so pathetic. <laughs>
1: Oh my god! Yeah, no, I, I wasn't sad about the fate of some characters in this. We'll say, <laughs> yeah. Uh, without, yeah, without going too. Yeah, spoilers. I think that's fair enough.
0: Okay, I, there's two more things I wanted to wanted to run by you or or just mention, I suppose, before we, we get into spoilers. So the first off, a serious point to, to get us back mm-hmm. on track: costume design. Your your wife is is uh, is a costume costume artist, um, and mm-hmm. um, as well as other things, and. Um, I I was wondering while I was watching this what her opinion and what your opinion of the costume design in this would be. It was a lady called Kim Barrett who designed them. And I personally love the kind of red boiler suits, the the single glove, the golden scissors. I think there's a there's a real striking style to it. Did you did you uh, did yeah. you enjoy it or did you find it kind of felt a bit silly?
1: No, I know, I actually I've talked to emer about this after I finished watching it. I actually really like everything about this film except for the the, 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 the plot. Mm. Not the plot. The the, the way they they arrived at their themes, potentially. Mm. But I did did like the film. um, And I think that the costume design was very, very good. I think... I can't remember if I read this somewhere before seeing it, but I knew going in that there was going to be some Michael Jackson (laughs) imagery somehow. I don't know why. Maybe I heard Jordan Peele talking about it or something. So straight away when I see One Glove you know it's it's either tiger woods or uh <laughs> yeah tiger tiger woods or michael michael uh, jackson uh and the red the red suit as well and i th- why was that was it was, was is cuz it was from 86 is that why what the the michael the suppose, one glove that's, well that's what she would have actually yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's well, part well, of know. it. I think it is. It is like the the. Without going into spoilers, I think I think that I, the reason why I want to say is a spoiler. Well, I mean, we, I think... can, I, we can we yeah.
0: can go into spoilers. I, don't, I think the yeah. other thing I was going to say, uh, well, th- this is basically a joke, but um, it, this man's career <laughs> is not a joke. Uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen the shows up as Adelaide's dad um and better known to me as the guy who cheerfully had his girlfriend stolen by uh zach efron in the greatest showman's absolute worst subplot
1: which i was i was very oh by the way i've since we talked about that and you and you talking about how his girlfriend and all uh, I, I i did go and talk to emir i was like how did we miss that 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 was his good they were brother and sister in that cover. they weren't but they were not brother it. and sister they, they, they were they were they mentioned his they were not sister. but i they refuse do. to believe it Refused to believe it no i I think what you must have just been thinking it was like the lingo, you know. Oh, you're right, brother. You know, like you thought it was like it was like a cool like street. Okay. Video. Well,
0: uh, it, I tell you what, we'll we'll put it to the people to to come and to come and and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I th- I watched. It's been to a third party official, like Eva You know, she's no, she's, unbiased uh, she's not, she's, a, t- she's <laughs> not on at all. She has to take your side. She's legally bound to take your side now. She's wed to you. Um, we'll we'll see. We'll see what the people say. I, I know what I saw in that mo- <laughs> in that movie. Is what I'm saying maybe it's i think it was a romance perhaps not on the page <laughs>
1: like, i i think i think it's potentially this just your hatred of uh troy bolton sorry uh, zach efron i mean that of that there um, is no doubt but um yes i don't know why he keeps getting roles where he sings in it to be honest with you because apparently every single film we've been on I've, I've heard like people talking from behind the scenes and stuff saying that he's terrible at yeah. singing um in in the first um apparently in the first high school musical he didn't sing at all that one uh, but then he got he started singing in the second one but apparently um in in the second film i think he sang the first note of, of we're breaking free but in the second one apparently one of the songs they had to uh change the key of the whole song oh, wow. so that he could hit one particular note and then they then then they put the rest of the song back into the old key so that that one note was from a different time he sang it oh. you know that's I mean, that sounds
0: like the kind of thing you would consider when you write a song for him to sing. But, I mean, I, I, at no point does he strike me as, as, as someone who is who is good at singing, to be honest. Um <laughs> But yes, well, Any- so uh, regard. I know what I believe. I know what the people believe as it as it pertains to yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen II. Let's
1: get a let's get a vote yeah. up on the community. He was also
0: term. very good in trial of the Chicago <laughs> Seven. That's all I'm going to say about him. Okay, we're going to go into spoilers because we got to talk. There's some spoilerific stuff that we have to talk about. So if you haven't seen this movie, here's your warning. We will we will talk probably a rate mm-hmm. a rating at the end of it. So skip forward a bit to that. You were saying that okay? The I think the Michael Jackson. Yeah, the thing. Michael Jackson yeah. thing. One glove. So Adelaide or red is kidnapped uh, original adelaide is is uh, is kidnapped um uh, or swapped places with uh, with her tethered um and she has uh, you know her thriller t-shirt stolen but i i hadn't actually thought about that but i think the one glove yeah. probably is her just kind of as she loses her mind her clinging to bits of kind of pop culture yeah. that she remembers
1: that's the t-shirt was what i wanted to talk about whenever she gets taken with the t-shirt i think yeah it's like it's like that was part of who she remembered as part of her life from yeah. before um, I don't know what the boiler suit yeah. is. Is
0: that like a craft work thing? Do they wear boiler suits?
1: I think it's just a reference to Michael Jackson's uh red leather suit, isn't it? Uh
0: oh it could, Either it that could or, be. It could,
1: or Eddie Murphy. Yeah,
0: it totally could be. I yeah, it could be Eddie Murphy as well. Um I hadn't <laughs> thought about that actually, but yes, that's a very good point. It could be the thriller suit as well, the, the red boiler suit.
1: Yeah, and I think also um I'd seen before, now before I'd seen I didn't know any of the I I didn't know any of the twists or anything like that. I did actually guess the twist, I will mm. say. I I guessed the Shyamalan twist, but uh there was I have seen like a TikTok or something in the past which did put the two uh images together of Michael Jackson smiling at the camera at the end of Thriller mm. and Lupita Nyong'o smiling at the camera at the end of this film. I didn't know the the context of that, but but uh there is like the the creepy smile of, of yeah. both. Um well, she didn't smile at the camera. She smiled at her son, I suppose. But um, okay, let me just say something because we, we we could be here all day dancing around things. <laughs> There's a few big themes that that Peele's going for in this, and and some of them I actually quite like. I oh I, I like I like the themes he goes for. Let me just say I, I like what he tries to do with his films. I love a filmmaker who is actively setting out to try and make make a point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, Get Out was so literal. Yes. Um, in its in its description that i think this one was a little bit more nuanced um but also i suppose uh, i don't know it's hard let me just tell you what i there's a couple of things what i thought first of all first thing i was like because it's because it's um the same directories get out i was automatically thinking about race okay? yeah i think that's fair so then my mind was like my mind was like okay so the the white family got killed immediately by by their by their uh, tethered whereas the black family having are fighting to survive that made me think that these tethered were some sort of uh, part. Obviously, we found out they are part of them, but they were like a negative aspect of them that they that 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 that, that you have that a lot of people have to keep down within them in order to succeed in life. You have to bury that part of you in underground, so to speak, to succeed mm. in life. But the white people didn't actually have to do that, and therefore they were already their like they were basically the same as their tethered so they immediately died to them and it didn't matter that they were replaced by them whereas the black family had to fight and tr- try to survive uh you know what i mean so that that was one thing i was thinking yeah. about i don't think that that was overall what they were going for but that i, I that was just as soon as the white family died immediately i was like cuz it's jordan peel i was like oh my god <laughs> right um now the bigger the bigger thing for me i think is very much I, it's a bit like what *Parasite* did with like the on un- like the, the levels of the ground, right? So I think it's I think I, it was something to do with class, uh, class struggles, mm. um, and I we could talk all all day about that because the idea of I don't know. Okay, this is Ema's issue with it. She didn't like that the uh, if it was a class um, comment, she didn't like that the the underclass or the 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 working class or who, who have you'd want to say. Um, were portrayed as murderous uh, <laughs> mur- mur- like, murderous people uh, but I think it was about like them being pushed to that um, uh, I will say before I let you go here um, is that an element of that that I like though is, and I think this is true is that a member of the Tethered who escaped that underclass, escaped that world in Adelaide or Red whoever you want to call her in Adelaide and she she came out at the end whenever she kills us kills her, her her not her tethered she kills the real Adelaide I thought that that was a really interesting point that Jordan Peele was making because it was it, the reason why the, the underclass stay under or the reason why the lower class stay impoverished is because even when people make it out of there they're so terrified of going back that they, they, they actually kill the lower class. So people who get to leave the lower class actually like she she was so afraid of losing her position in the world that she actually killed uh her herself killed her her the, the lower class version. So I thought that was a really cool sort of thing about like people who escape the lower class don't necessarily help the lower mm. class, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, I, I mean I think
1: there's definitely
0: parallels that can be drawn in in you know reading this as a as a class dynamic kind of thing, I I, I mm. think my my read on it is a bit more, I guess, more nebulous than that. Which I think I think Jordan Peele has been very open about the fact that US is pretty much a direct response to a Trumpian America. Um, yeah, and it's about that's why I said US at the yeah, start. US. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, it was a it was a great comment that I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. appreciates now. Um, uh, and it's it's. In his mind, I think well, what he has spoken about a lot is how he wanted to try and capture the the fact that in the last you know, five or six years, segregations in many societies, but particularly in American society, are deeper than they have been in years, and that mm. it, it's it, it drawn to its natural conclusion is this kind of very obvious like visual dichotomy between the regulars and the tethered, and how you know us versus mm. them. They are. A dark reflection of us, by virtue of the fact that that they are that they are not us. Um, and this, I think, is attempting to examine what happens when those segregations are taken to their natural conclusion, which, in this case, is a violent resolution. You know, if you if you push if you push two parts of society further far enough apart, eventually. They will resort to violence. I don't know how how I feel about that as a as, a, as an end point for for his metaphor, or, or or how well he explores it within the movie. But I, I think that's what he that is what he's going for here. Um, I, I something I was interested to, to talk to you about though, and it kind of ties back into what you're saying with the the class thing is. Do you think this movie overexplains its itself? Uh, overexplains the kind of creation of the tethered, and in doing so, kind of the the fact that you and I are kind of coming at, 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 at what what Peel is trying to say with his distinction of the tethered and and the regulars, and and the, it seems quite difficult to nail down exactly what it is. Do you think in part that might be due to the fact that? It gets into this whole, uh, it's a failed cloning experiment by the US government to try and control the American people, and mm-hmm. it kind of feeds you some stuff that I don't think necessarily is actually what it wants to talk about, but it's just trying to explain the mechanics of what it has done in regards to this cloning, and I don't actually think it's that necessary. And in fact, I actually think it makes the movie less scary by explaining it all away. Uh, did you did you like feel like you needed those explanations, or did they kind of strike you is a bit a bit unnecessary as well
1: okay so all right good question I, I am now we all know listeners of this podcast that conrad um this is a this is a it's interesting because this is a, a um a criticism you levy at a fair few films that they over explain certain yeah. things you know like we'll just let things happen that they you know and i think sometimes you're incorrect on that like in inception i fully disagree. <laughs> But I think here I do agree with you. Actually, very. I, I think you're right here. Um, I, I I think even the moment, like I, I I did enjoy the funny people aspects. But even even whenever Lupita Nyong'o sits down and tells the story of the family, it was about three or four minutes of her explaining what was going on. But it didn't really give us much more than these are we're basically doppelgangers of you, and we've experienced everything you've experienced. Mm. That you know, and it was atmospheric, and it you know, and it was a good performance, but it was a lot of explanation to something we already could just put together ourselves. Yeah. Like the fact that he, she's with the same man, she has the same children. It it really did feel like a bit over overexpl- explained, and also, you you are right in that the, the the whole like sort of the experiment didn't have to be explained because when you when you take that to its natural conclusion. There's no way to explain how this was feasible. No, it doesn't. Like it actually makes every, it make less
0: sense. Every, I think by explaining. Yeah, it.
1: like one, like we were shown one tunnel underground where people are actually hmm. acting out what the people above ground are doing. Yeah. Uh, and the, who's in charge? And here? like she's had like children. I so I mean, I know they say, "Oh, when they have
0: children, the, the 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 shadows have children." But it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. And it it would have been better like, as a mystery. It, no.
1: Yeah, and I think and I think as well, like who who's who's making sure this actually goes goes about the way they want it to? Are there people who work here? If they do, do they have their own tethered who also are pretending to work there?
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. They stick them in the same office, just next to each other, but tethered. Yeah, tethered the tethered is just work. doing terrible yeah. <laughs> work on the on the computer next to them.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is weird. It is weird, and I think that I suppose maybe is is there some sort of also maybe a. a some sort of um, theme being drawn as well between like the person you are online and the person you are in real life, like the data that they collect of you. Like, you know, maybe like the tethered is like just like the husk <laughs> of who they think you are. Yeah, I mean, the husks, um, the
0: tethers are definitely uh, more similar to my online persona than, than my <laughs> real one. I'll say that much for them. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, but I think overall, you are right. I think there was too much explained. It didn't need all that explanation. And... It, Hands across America was that a real thing? I think it was. I think it was. We we'll have to get that's, our American listeners men- to
0: to to write in and tell us. I believe I believe it's a real and, thing.
1: And was it successful? That's mental to me. Like, the,
0: I, the, the idea. It must have been. It must have because uh, uh, otherwise how would you uh, I mean I guess if it was a colossal failure people would still remember it as well. But um yeah, i I'd never heard of it before this movie. Um and I'm I
1: do like I did I do like some of the details they put in though. Like the like you know the the, the I, can't remember, I don't know who the actor is obviously but it's like some like long haired like homeless yeah. guy kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, that guy is Jack
0: and, Nicholson's like... grandson, and and oh, and, and well, Jordan, Jordan okay. Peel told him to play the without knowing that told him to play the character like Jack Nicholson, which is which I find very funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, he he actually like I did actually notice that he. He is like at the because we see him a lot, and he's actually the guy who got killed at the start in the in the in the in the in the ambulance, the first one we see dying, and then whenever um, the little boy called Jason, who wears a mask, I'll say, um, he actually goes to the beach and sees this guy standing with his arms out, and I realized whenever they went back to the beach and he was there again. I realized, like, of, on my of my own accord, I realized, oh my god, he's starting the hands across yeah. America. That's mental. Like, the, I like that detail yeah, that they I, have. I, that and the I, th- I think
0: that's kind of what I, what I, what I really like about this movie is those moments where it's like it doesn't lead you by the nose to the conclusion, but if you stop and think about it, it's like, oh, that makes sense. You know, they're they're killing their their doubles, and then they're doing the hands across America thing. Mm-hmm. And that's really all I needed in terms of explanation, because I think it's scarier if it if you don't really understand what's happening and it's just that, and it's just, this is a horror movie, they are being pursued by their doubles and the doubles kill you and then do mm. this thing. Um, now, we can't, I couldn't possibly let us go. We've already kind of mentioned it and you, you've you already mentioned it, but I just want to nail this down. We love a Shyamalan twist on this show. Love a yes, Shyamalan yes. twist. And uh, you've kind of impl- uh, suggested that you kind of saw it coming. Did 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 it... Mm-hmm work for you the twist that the adelaide is red and red is adelaide that that they switch places as as children did it did it kind of affect your perceptions of the characters at all or was it more kind of
1: surface level Uh, it made sense to a certain extent i suppose i i I personally don't think that the adelaide who we knew as adelaide who actually was one of the tethered i i don't i don't think she she would have. It was sort of portrayed that she didn't. She didn't actually have PT, PTSD, um, and she actually was just fine with everything. So I honestly don't think that that person would have been able to be soft manipulated back to where she could potentially be found out. Um, I I, I found that idea of her not wanting to go to the beach and everything, and then eventually going, more believable when I thought it was actually just her trauma of her past. Yeah. I think the fact that she would have known in her mind. That's where I switched places with that girl. I th- I thought it was less believable that she would have even gone anywhere near there. Like, why the fuck do they own a holiday ha- house near there? I can, yeah. I can just imagine if, if if she's that scheming and evil the whole time. Choose a different place for holidays. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't really get that aspect when you look back on it. But it did like it makes sense to me. I can I can see what when Jordan Peele was writing the script why he would be like, oh my god, yeah, they could be switched the whole time. Like I could I could I see that as a, as a useful.
0: Thing. Yeah, I th- I think it's. It, it, it's not. I, I, I'm kind of a bit neutral on it. I, I, I'll say, that I, I really like this movie. Still, I think it has. It has. It's a very. It's a much messier movie than than. I, I don't. I don't want to keep comparing it to Get Out, but you know, it's it's his directorial mm. debut, and then and then his follow up. So it's kind of hard not to compare them. I think Get Out. You kind of nailed it earlier on when you said, Get Out is a very <clears throat> concise movie. Like it knows what it, it has. Its ideas mm. that it wants to talk about in terms of you know relationships between. Between seemingly liberal-minded white people and and how how that how uh, how those people's perceptions of, of, of black people and black culture can actually have a negative effect on them, and then it's got its horror movie that's going on underneath that. And I I think Get Out is pretty close to a perfect horror movie because it it just does everything it sets out to do brilliantly, and it doesn't set out to do too much. But what it does is fantastic. This I think is slightly more ambitious, but in in it, it it falls down uh, in in trying to deliver on some of its ambition as we said i think it over over explains certain aspects of its of its plot mechanics and the twist mm-hmm. at the end i don't know i don't know if I, I didn't dislike it but i don't know if i needed it either really um it's it it's fine it doesn't really change my perception of the end of the movie and really like my main memory at the end of the movie is the amazing kind of fight sequence between red and adelaide that's that's so brilliantly Mm -hmm. choreographed um and performed by lupita nyong'o rather than rather than the twist at the end which just feels a bit like okay well she's either evil she's either been evil the whole time in which case it doesn't really make sense to me that she'd like happily go back there or Mm -hmm. the the point you're making is that the tethered aren't fundamentally evil they're just Broken by virtue of the fact that they're raised in such a horrific environment, in which case it doesn't really mm. matter that that she did. Uh, well, not that it doesn't matter. I guess she did something. She did something horrific when she was a little girl. But um, but but who she is now is a fair reflection of who she is going to be
1: going forward. Um, yeah, I think I think that. Uh, look, for me to be honest with you, like it wasn't that much of a surprise. Um, so therefore, it took a little bit more of the bite out of me. The moment where she went uh, to the um, mirrored, like the tethered version of Zora and she was hanging in the tree Mm -hmm. and she just got out of the car and went to her and like didn't kill her and like was just like sort of telling her, I I immediately started thinking, oh, okay, so this woman has more of a connection to these things than I thought. And that started me on the journey to realizing the plot twist before it came. Um, I will say at the end, whenever she smiles at the sun, because the sun knows the secret now, um, I thought to myself, like I, like, I know he's a kid, but I was, th- I was, I was just thinking, don't you dare judge that woman. Yeah. Like, you know, don't you, d- don't you dare judge that woman. If, if she didn't do that, mate, you wouldn't have been born. Yeah. Like, that's what? kind of that's kind of my stance you know. on it as well. It's like she's either
0: the movie's either saying she's fundamentally evil and nothing will ever change that, which I don't really buy based on what we see, or it's mm-hmm. saying that yes, she did something horrible when she was younger, but. She's also done all this other stuff and raised this family, so who cares? <laughs> like and that's kind of that was kind of my stance at the end
1: with that little kid. I was like, She also did she also did kill the the like Red, who is the girl that she's trapped down there. So it wasn't just that she trapped her down there, she did eventually kill her too. Having said that, she was trying to save her son and Red would have killed yeah, her. Yeah, Red
0: she Red was trying to kill her, admittedly, you know, with good reason but you know it was self defense ultimately
1: i'm i'm kind of on adelaide's side
0: by the end of this movie well there's
1: another there's another theme that's relevant to jordan peel's work actually the the idea that we can the idea that you know at the end red gets killed uh but we're on adelaide's side because red was trying to kill her but what it's like it's kind of like the uh it's ki- it's kind of like the the argument like you know that the crime rate amongst black communities is higher. Yeah, but why is that? Like, you know, why is that? We need to ask that. Why why did Adelaide, you know, why did Red want to kill yeah. Adelaide? Yeah, no. like we have to ask this question. You can't just be, you can't just be like, well, she tried to kill her. Yeah. You know, there have they, there is deeper answers to these questions which need to be looked
0: yeah. at, you know, and the context of that conflict is very important. Um okay, well, so last last thing now uh something which we we've tried to make an effort to 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 do in then last week and we'll carry on this week mm-hmm. what what would you give this movie out of five i remember half stars of the cowards
1: okay uh so we both put this in our in our ledger yeah um at some point we'll actually have the things. physical prop to, to to pull to pull it out of but but not not this day <laughs> one of the funniest running plot lines in uh, marvel for me i've got red in my ledger I need to get it yeah. out it's like what are you talking about this is not relatable to real life yeah. at all what are you talking about red in my ledger um so in my ledger i put this down as a three out of five okay yeah i, I went for a
0: i went for a four get out was a five star movie to me and I, I think this was below that i could definitely see the argument for three though it cut this was kind of hovering between those two for me um and it was i would have given get out four i think oh, okay five. yeah no I, this this it was it was sort of like jordan peel inertia that carried this through to a four i think um yeah. but but still like i'm glad to glad to hear that that you enjoyed it at least uh, a little bit um better than reminiscence we'll yes. say that yeah i think that's true um reminiscence doesn't have tim heidecker doing the like offer a handshake and then do the rick flair like slick your slick your hair back when they reach out for you <laughs> which makes that adds a star to any movie as far as i'm concerned um mm-hmm. okay well that's going to lead us very naturally into answering one simple question as we always do and that is
1: anthony what is your favorite movie this week well, I thought of this movie's... Ex- I remember this movie's existence when I was thinking of 99 films. I don't think it's from 99, but it's from my childhood. And I just want to say it out loud, even though it's a terrible yeah. film. Eight-legged freaks. <laughs> oh, David Arquette?
0: Is David Arquette in that? Yeah. Great, yeah, yeah, great yeah. movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. Um, that was
1: post-WCW championship.
0: Pight oh, of its powers, David, <laughs> David Arquette. <It's> post-screen, <laughs> post-WCW champion. Uh, my favorite movie is Get Out. It is a better movie than us, but, but they're both good. Um Thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. You can find links to their stuff down in the stuff below. And thank you for listening. Well, I, I normally enunciate that differently. Thank you for listening. That's normally how I say it. <laughs> uh, please consider subscribing to us. We are The Culture Cave on YouTube. And we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps. Uh, give the show a like. Get involved in the comments. It really does help. And uh, we will see you same time, same place next week.